0: Joe came back for his fifth season, fourth game of the season. He remember? breaks his foot. Nah, he broke my leg. Broke his leg. Oh shit! Broke his leg. Last game of the season, Joe Holder comes back in six weeks record time. Bro, I was and, just and about to place. say.
1: In my mind, I'm like, it's only
2: like ten weeks in, in college football. So you telling me? <laughs> I remember telling myself, you got 24 hours to complain. You got to figure out how to heal.
1: Stack my money up
2: play Lego, play Legos. Up in the, skull, skull, skull. Up yeah. in the Welcome
0: to another episode of Money Music Culture. Listen, we're gonna pick up right where we left off before with
1: Joe Holder. Right? Talk about what your diet consists of and do you have any guilty pleasures? And you know, like do you have cheat days? Like, besides women, I got a few
2: guilty pleasures. Let me stop. Yeah, I mean, I think early in my career, I used to be, you know, a little bit. Into the cheat day concept, you know, going to fucking where was where, Allegro's at school? What we have at, <laughs> <The> Legros, <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you get a good pie over there, chicken hold sandwiches. On, you, hold on, but you,
0: you finished this answer, but when did you start this? So, you're talking about in college. I know you kind of start like tell people how early you started this because most people do this when you know they're young adults. You're doing this in college, right? Like, this, this is you a different different beasts yeah i was going so, like, down when to did fucking
2: trader joe's and getting the trader and the chia and fucking center city because they have nothing by us. <laughs> and i remember uh yeah i mean i grew up in this you know my dad healthy doctor uh my mom from trinidad she cooked for us you know she from the earth um so <laughs> in college what i was just feeling so bad and our food was so bad in the dining halls bro in commons 1920s it was just like that's it was why I an Aramark, ketchup on you know, everything. it was running the contracts, so you'd have like burnt hot dogs, burnt chicken breasts, mm. no vegetables, like shitty cookies, milk. Was, wow. That's why I started putting ketchup on everything, bro. <laughs> literally. Uh, but nah, I started in college uh, because I was trying to heal. I was trying to get back from those injuries. I looked up, you know, nutrients that would be beneficial for the bones, nutrients that would be beneficial for your energy, that type of thing. And I. Then I took that, you know, very, I think, micro concept and apply it to macro foods. Um, So, you know, it was fun. And how I I look at it as like self-experimentation. Like I actually find it fun. I find it the ability to like cook and, and make food for yourself and understand chemical processes fun. It's like, you know, I have a morning supplement stack that, or one of the things that I was doing was like, Five, you know l-tryptophan which is an amino acid that's found in certain foods like turkey so I, even, I might get a little bit tired after you eat it's like you know is that synthesized to 5-htp which then you know the cofactor of vitamin b6 then you know can increase serotonin in the brain make you feel better that type of thing you know and then i'm like okay how do i also figure that out through food so that's what i'd be doing like i just think that's <laughs> so fascinating you know and it's like just to the point of even what i've been recently been studying is is uh the concept of, you know, fruits and vegetables are technically a probiotic. And they've been studying for the past 10 plus years, uh, basically, for those who don't know, probiotics are bacteria that you can take in that will help improve what's called your microbiome or essentially your gut. Past 10 years, they've been studying the microbiome of fruits and vegetables. And what they've discovered specifically about fruits and vegetables is that people have overlooked that there are host colonies of bacteria that are on this food. And that you could probably take in, and can make you feel better. But we've been eating fruits and vegetables the wrong way because we've been, instead of chopping the apple correctly and eating the apple core, which actually hosts a lot of the beneficial colonies of the bacteria, we've been throwing it out and like shit like that. Like I just get excited reading that. I'm like, this shit is so <laughs> fucking cool. But to the, I guess, it's <laughs> the original scientist. point is like what I eat day to day is. You know, I eat according to the seasons a little bit, you know, there's certain foods that I'll stay away from depending upon how, you know, the, the temperature changes. So, you know, I like to go to the farmer's market, so I'll look at what's actually in season, that type of thing. And I think that's important for our health just because, you know, we go back to soil. What's found in our local soil, I think, is important for where we live. Uh, but I'm simple, man. I'm plant-based. So what that means is before people say, oh, he's vegan, I'm not vegan. Plant-based just means like 80% more of your diet uh, from fruits and vegetables. The easiest way to describe how I eat is though I'm vegan or vegetarian before dinner. Dinner sometimes, depending upon what I have access to, you know, I might have a good clean piece of fish, but I don't eat meat. But for the most part, I just eat good grains, simple grains, root vegetables, beans, fruits, um, that type of thing. And I approach it from what's called time-restricted feeding, which is not really intermittent fasting, but it's really, I just eat according to my sleep-wake cycles.
0: We're going to keep this great conversation going, but before we do, make sure you go follow Money Music Culture so that you never miss an episode. And go visit us at life101.io.
2: So, as I try to get up on the earlier side, because when the sun is up, I, I think that switches things in your body. That makes it a little bit easier to be able to process food. Um... And I try to stop eating about three hours before bed, and I try to wind things down as the sun goes down, um, and I you know try to stay away from artificial light at night. But but yeah, for me it's I think you also have to have nutrient dense staples within your diet, and this is where the knowledge comes in, right? It's like okay, after a while it's like how do you upgrade your oatmeal? So we'll take an example for breakfast. Like most people start with instant oatmeal, then you learn a little bit more. You're like, oh, it's instant because they take a lot of fiber out of the oatmeal. So maybe I should just get normal oatmeal that I have to cook because it'll be a little bit better for me. And you're like, okay, I did that. And it's like, okay, how do I make this a little bit better? You know, maybe you soak the oatmeal overnight in water to activate it or whatever a little bit more, remove some certain things that might make it harder to digest. And it's like, okay, uh, now I'm eating better for you oatmeal. How do I upgrade that? And it's like, okay, then I could put maybe blueberries on there or or i could get more fiber from chia seeds flax seeds hemp seeds throw that on there you know make me feel a little bit better now i have an even more nutrient dense kind of uh, food so that's how i do it i look at what are nutrient dense staples that i could have in my pantry that i could add to my foods. i typically have one or two shakes a day that help me get in you know more food uh, and more nutrients and then i just try to get really three quality meals in a day but i look at it like this just have one strike on your calendar for the day, which is, let's be honest, two out of the, for most people, two out of the three meals for the day, key meals, you can control. Only one of those may have to get crazy or you have to order out. You could cook your breakfast and it could be sick, it could be quick, under 15 minutes, and you could cook your dinner and that could be quick too. Stop eating all three meals out because a research even shows some for whatever reason, the meals that we essentially make ourselves from more whole food, from whole food components, they have a better impact on our health, even if we if we were to eat that same food out, at least from the same caloric kind of standpoint. Um, so that's how I look at. I'm like, all right, I know two meals a day I gotta cook, and then I know I know I have my healthy, good for you snacks, and then just because I work out, gotta have a couple shakes and stuff to make sure I'm eating good, but. Yeah, that's my philosophy around wow. food. When you say, well, one, I want to highlight the
0: fact that you're, you're, uh, and I don't know if you accept this or not, but you're a scientist. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> the way you're sitting here breaking down these different terms and throwing all these, you know, B6s and circadians and all of this, and <laughs> serotonas and shit, I'm like, damn, okay, my dog's a scientist. Right? <laughs> but when, when you talk about, like, so many people are trying to get right when it comes to their health. And you are already in a, I would say a a steady state, a clean state of like, this is my lifestyle at this point. When you do experiment on yourself, how long do you give it so that you know, because so that you know that it is working or you evaluate and you say, hey, let me take this away. Because most people, when they do start a diet and a diet does not mean restricting yourself from food or anything like that it's just a counting of what you're actually eating but when you do get that new year's resolution diet right the first that first week first week and a half two weeks you going you going you're not going to feel that good right when you're restricting yeah, yeah. your body from things that you haven't you know that you've given it before you know, it's like an addict. You like, oh, hold up, what's going on? Like, I need that it's sugar good. right now. What's yeah, up? Yeah. So, how long would you suggest people give themselves to see these things through before they say, "Hey, this just this isn't the right diet for me," or "This isn't the right,
2: you know, meal for me"? That's a really good question. That would be that's that. Is, yeah, that's a great question because a lot of it is like intuition. Man, all versus... I ask is good questions. That's all I want. <laughs> that's the second time you. Nah, message good. <laughs> He's come a long way. I see, I see. Ross has taught him well. Yeah, he um, surely has, man. Big bro. But so that's the difference between intuition versus feedback. Like your body will give you some feedback once you start to shift. Even I've gotten it myself. Well, you know, when I start marathon training or something, and I, I'm cutting out alcohol or I'm cutting back on, you know, I do have a little bit of a sweet tooth, so I'm cutting back on sugars or carbs or or empty carbs, I like to say. And, you know, I've even seen it in you when you, you, you would go on those fucking paleo, paleo kicks when you had to get really get in shape. It would work for you, it would cut you up. But my thing is, is I would give yourself three to six weeks, and I'd lightly say four to six, but I say this for a few reasons. And I even see, I've seen it with my clients who I've trained. And, you know, I've been able to you train a lot of, you know, models and things like that. And what happens is, we're going to talk about workouts and then we'll talk about diets. When you start working out, a lot of people never talk about this. They wouldn't act like it's all great or whatever. There's a period between a two to four week period where you're going to look worse. And nobody talks about this. I call this the bloat, which is basically that you've been working out so hard and or you've been working out more. You've been taxing your muscles, these things, is that you're going to swell essentially because your body is trying to get nutrients into your muscles through water to, to repair you. And this is why the diet is essentially super important. And this happens. it's happened to me. It's happened to my clients, especially when I'm getting ready for shoots. Is that you are going to feel and look worse, and then you're going to think to yourself, "My my workout is not working." But you have to st- essentially stick with it. And then, what, and then if you keep drinking water, and then you get to and eating well, and then you get to the other side. Phew, it falls off. I've had people lose five pounds in a week after that bloat phase, just because their body finally is like, "All right, I get it. I'm ready. Here we go." Mm. So. I would give yourself minimum four weeks when it comes to the workout. If it's not working, then you could change after that. But, you know, give yourself four weeks, work out three times a week, see how you're feeling, and then be sure to measure success in as many ways as possible when it comes to the workout. At first, it might not be how you look, but it could be your your heart rate is lower, right? So now you're at a better aerobic state. It could be I can now do more push-ups than I could do before, or my running time is a little bit lower. So you know your body is responding well. It won't always come... Uh, at, at first with how you look When it comes to the diet Especially when you're cutting things out That one too, you know, minimum three weeks so you'll See how your body and, and understand what is actually happening Are you feeling sick? Are there certain foods That you can't pr- process? Then you should probably not try to force those Down your throat, or is it a situation where I'm feeling, you know, an initial Some type of way because what I've stopped eating Not what I've actually consumed So give yourself a little bit of time And, understand and let your body have that have that decent feedback and then you know i suggest because for some people especially if you are obese there are there are some things essentially called diet re- there's both diet resistant activity there's types of obesity let's just keep this very succinct some obesity or some versions of overweight are actually resistant to certain things right so even if you change your diet you might not lose weight so that's when you need physical activity and then vice versa for some people they don't for they, they Scientists don't know why there's certain what are called non-responders to physical activity. Even if you work out, it won't do anything. For those people, diet is more important. So having I think a two-tiered plan that allows you to see what is working, what isn't working, might might be beneficial. But again, we call these um, what are called essentially miso cycles. You know, you know this within sport is that you have a phase of about four to six weeks. You know, a nice general prep phase, mm-hmm. and to kind of get yourself back on track. And then if it's not working, you you reevaluate then. Uh, That's a, I mean, it's extremely important, especially, you know, like
0: I mentioned before, New Year's resolutions, you see people hop on the bandwagon, you know, for a couple weeks, but you got to kind of see it through, you know, you got to adjust, figure it out. Um, I guess what what tips do you have for uh, like people staying on that train? So for for example, with me, uh, you know, when I go on diets, I try to find accountability partner. Because it's easy for me to like, oh, shoot, I'm going to grab me some chips real quick. But if my homie is doing this with me on my brother or Ross or y'all, right, then it, it makes me like, all right, like I can't. I'm going to call out that them. double you know chin
1: you getting. I'm going to call it out. Yeah,
0: you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's We're about to yeah. get rid of it, too. We're about to
2: get nah. Uh, but But yeah, any tips that you found that have worked with some of your clients and, and things like that? I mean, you got to make the decision for you at the end of the day. It's like, this is something you want to do. Just accept it and, and know that, you know, it, you, it won't last forever because it's really getting over that first hump and because the body adapts very well. And then when it gets to a spot, it doesn't want to change. It's like, so you'll have a hangover, essentially, a positive hangover. Like, if you to to work out hard for six weeks and then stop working out, you wouldn't lose your fitness immediately or your aesthetics. Like, you're, you know, you give yourself some time. So I would say that, but the easiest things are one, go in with a plan. Have a basic, simple plan that you know you gotta follow, so you don't have to rely on willpower. You just have to rely on a good plan. You know, it's the same with work. If you go to a job and you have a good manager, the manager lets you know what you need to do, even when you don't feel like doing it, and you know, doesn't make you feel like shit. So that's probably the opposite of what's going on at Twitter right now, but it's totally fine. <laughs> he cracking the whip. <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy. Uh, On top of that, yeah, I think accountability partners are huge, whether that's digitally or in person. Even if you have a small friend or text group, like, you know, with a group of friends that I have now, after we work out, we send ourselves a lock emoji. Like, we locked in today, even when we didn't want to. You get that positive feedback from your friends, you keep moving along. Uh, That's important. Um, And, you know, I really just think it's give yourself, again, then give yourself four to six weeks and. Break it down. like n- Determine what's your why and determine your how. Not just like, okay, why I'm doing this. If you want to look good, that's totally fine if that's your reason. If it's because you want to be able to play with your kids, you want to live longer, whatever. You also think about your how, which is you know, when I hit a roadblock, how am I going to get over that? So think about that before that will happen. And allow yourself, even if you do get sidetracked, not to fall completely down. But really, for the most part, just find a plan that's for your skill level. Stick with it. Have an accountability partner, be patient, and focus on the multi dimensions, not just one thing. Because if you just focus on, say, working out hard, but you're not eating well and not sleeping, right? That doesn't, it won't work. So, my thing is, don't think about which, don't try to be great. I know it sounds weird, but don't try to be great. <laughs> just try to be good at multiple things, because then you also treat, you'll serve your energy right, right? So, when it comes to health, really, it can't just be all eggs in one basket. It's that, you know, I got to focus on sleeping well. I got to focus on eating decent. I got to focus on the working out. Let's call those the big three. And then I focus on the emotional support, which is a secondary to help and the mental that will get me over the top. And then, as y'all used to do at Penn or, you know, I used to do at Wharton, is then perform essentially a multi-utility attribute analysis. What are those things uh, those that I need to do that come easy for me? If working out is already easier for you, that's one of the things which Penn taught me, and I probably taught y'all too. If there's certain things I can get a C effort and still get an A, I'm not <laughs> giving an A effort. I'm giving a C effort. But there's certain things that I might I might be ass at, but I have to give an A plus effort just to get a B or a C plus. Then I know that's where I got to put my energy. So thinking about it that way, as you you know you evaluate, you evaluate your approach. But those are the big three. Figure out, improve your sleep, improve your diet, improve your fitness. Give yourself four to six weeks. Figure out then the emotional and mental support. And I guarantee you, after six weeks, you'll be fine. And then just follow a plan that somebody else who is a professional has, has made for you. There's a lot of plans out there, especially workouts. Nike Training Club, Shameless App, free workout programs on there. I have a couple six-week programs. I've got a DM the other day. Somebody said I helped them lose 50 pounds. I never met this motherfucker before in my life. God bless them but they just made the decision to open up an app and said, I'm going to trust this Joe Holder kid. He inspired me a little bit after six weeks. They now 50 pounds. What do you have to lose? And then for some people, it's not even the weight. They get more muscle. They get more self-confidence just because they made the decision to act. So for mm-hmm. everybody out there, just make the decision to act, create the plan, follow it. That's how you get better, man. All right, listen, I got one final
0: question for you, Mr. Holder. Cause I know that, uh, you know, your time is of the essence. Um, but before that, I got one comment. You just dropped multi-utility attribute analysis. And yeah. I ain't learn that one at school, like, my boy. Like, did we even go? Did we go to work? I ain't was teach like, that in my class. Was this? What class was he in? I
2: don't... <laughs> <laughs> I had a minor in it. It was what we took. Actually, this one was decision and behavior making because I thought it was a consumer psych minor. And then we also the one where you had to do saber or whatever. The SWAT what was that analysis.
0: One? I remember the SWAT joint that. The yeah, S-O- strength, weaknesses, S-W-O-T. opportunities, threats. Yeah. Look. Um That's how I look at my dating life, but not that's <laughs> yeah. not how I looked at my house. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right, man. So listen, we could have a the the, the beautiful thing, uh, you know, obviously we we dove into health and, and wellness and health specifically here. it will health and wellness here. Um, but like your business we could have a whole another episode we're gonna have to do a part two on on the business and the brand that you've built because you've done it yourself right i know you got a team and things like that and people have helped you don't get me wrong i'm not trying to call people out but like i've like i I, i've seen i seen it like i've seen you just literally strategically be yourself uh, authentic person and build something amazing right um face in times square at times, you know what I'm saying? Like billboards, like it's it's pretty crazy commercials during Super Bowl. Like it's it's pretty special, right? What advice if you give yourself one piece of advice, what advice would you give to a
2: 20-year-old version of Joe Holder? Honestly, that's a really good honestly we should film that episode because i come on all these things and this is often why i turn down podcasts (laughs) and i'm just doing it because you're my friend but it's just like (laughs) we should do what we should do What about the business side of it we will 100 the business of health and wellness is so fascinating and nobody like really talks about it but anyway the 20 20 year old me the one-on crutches with being in a relationship (laughs) i shouldn't have been in at the time They're like, damn! This kid Joe's got a lot of skeletons, huh? But uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of who the chick could have been. I can't. I'm drawing. Nah, away. nah, nah. Good girl. Good girl. Good woman. Yeah. <laughs> God bless. Twenty um, <laughs> year old Joe would be. I would give him. You know the advice. Like all right. So there's one. There's one December 2017. I was super. Maybe 17 or 18. I was super frustrated. I was trying to figure out what was next, and it was a, literally. I, when Virgil was on tour, rest his soul, he was in L.A. for the World tour. I happened to be out there at the same time. So we caught a training session in, you know, we started rapping. and He was just asking me what it is that I wanted to do. And the best, this literally changed my life. It, it totally changed the way that I operate because, and we've had these conversations similarly, because I think as, as black men, you often get frustrated because you're segmented. You know, and it doesn't matter how much you've done because often for whatever reasons you're just not looked at so what he told me was it was like yo for whatever you want to do in the future nobody's going to understand that unless you define it for yourself and that you then have to live the way in which you want to be defined and that then people even if nothing has truly changed about you people will then see that and then respect you as such because i was telling what i wanted to do i was like yo i want to be I want to be the, and it's funny that you said scientist, right? What I consider is as, as a designer, yeah. I want to be the creative director of modern wellness, I said. I want to be able to do that. And he's like, you know what? You should change your Instagram name right now to that or put that in your bio. And, the next, and every press that you have from here on out, that's, how you, that's how, what you say that you are. And you go out and do it. So that thought process of, you know, you can either be a part of the wave or you could lead the wave. And if you do believe that you have the skills where you want to lead the way. You have to have that small extra 5 to 10% that gives you that extra juice, even if it's the way you're viewed. It may not be economically, but the way that you're viewed, and then, then understand what the rest of the industry is doing. So you could check those boxes off, mm. but you then have that extra 10% that makes you different. The personal advice that I would give my 20-year-old self would be, uh, I know it sounds cheesy, but it's to follow your gut, because once you're... When sh- If you're a fish who lives in water and you've been in that for so long and then you recognize that you live in that water and can define how to move through it, it becomes special. I know this sounds so weird, but it's like early in my career, I did not trust my gut because things were so obvious to me that I thought they would be obvious to other people. people. But that was my strength was actually that I had a knack for something that other people didn't. And that then something that seems so obvious to me, I would point out and people would be like, oh, my God, never thought of that. That's such, a, that's such a good idea. And I missed on that with a few big, essentially, also even investment opportunities. Because I was like, I found these companies early. I knew they were going to be big, but I didn't like fully trust to lean into my intuition. And these eventually became, you know, unicorn companies that I could have gotten in on very early that, of course, I still got paid from. But it didn't I could have had a bigger stake. So. You know, that's what I'd tell my my twenty year old self would be: determine what your knack is, and then fully lean in. Because there is, you know, as Steve Jobs said, when you look at consultants, consultants look at things in two D. I was i I'm able to look at things essentially in five D, 6D Because not only have I consulted on them, I've also built them, and I study them. So the thing is, is figure out that structure that will that will determine your success, and figure out what you got a knack for, not just that you want to do. And lean into that knack and you'll have success. That boy preaching, That boy yeah. be preach.
0: Listen, Joe, we're going to definitely have to bring you back for for the business episode. We're going to talk the business of health and wellness, but we also got to talk about the business of the Ocho system, right? How you built this. Um, I would be remiss if I did not tell the story of our senior year, because I think that it's still, in my opinion, I've played in the NFL for 10 years. I've seen some amazing athletes but I've never seen anything with my own two eyes like this, right? And so Joe came back for his fifth season, red shirt senior, um, wide receiver for our team, Ocho Ocho, 88. And I want to say the fourth game of the season, fourth game of the season, William he breaks his foot. William and Mary breaks yeah, his foot. My, nah, I broke my leg. Broke his leg. Oh, shit. Broke his leg. He broke something. He broke the shit, right? It was broken. <laughs> Right. It was broken. Long story short, you know, obviously trainers, everybody, you know, Joe can give you the details. But listen, your season's over. You know, I'm sorry you came back, all of that type of stuff. But, you know, good luck, kids. Stay around here. Cheer on the guys, all of that stuff. I remember I was captain of the team. And I remember there was one time I think I was late for practice or something like that. But it's just me and Joe in the locker room. (laughs) And, And Joe was like. Yeah, man, I've been I've been studying up some stuff. I'm 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 gonna come back for the last game of the season. And I'm like, you know, I think at the time you was in a cast or a boot or something, and I'm just like oh you know, you you listen, Ra- Ra- you, you know, you gotta be the captain, you gotta be positive. You know, you can't be like, Oh, okay, are you tripping. You better go sit your ass down. I'm like, Oh, all right, Joe. all right, Joe, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. You can go eat them fruits and berries. Yeah, that's gonna get your leg you know. And lo and behold, it changed. Literally, last game of the season, week 10 versus Cornell, Joe Holder comes back, not only just comes back, not just standing there on the sidelines, comes back, plays, has a big catch for us as well. But for me, you know, getting a chance to witness greatness, like literally witness this man not only mentally, because that was the coolest thing because it was like it was mental affirmation. And he committed and said, hey, I'm going to heal this bone up, <laughs> like mentally, but also with the things that I'm putting in my body. Like, I'm not just going to say it and put it out there. Like, I'm going to say it, and then I'm going to go ahead and execute on this. And he literally lived this lifestyle and brought him back for a week 10 in six weeks record
2: time. Bro, I was and, just and about to play. say,
1: in my mind, I'm like, it's only like 10 weeks in, in college
2: football, so you're telling <laughs> me. In Honestly, six weeks. One, one disappointment I have about that, I, 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 I could have, I felt like I could have came back for Harvard, but I didn't. But what was crazy is I started. The crazy part of that story was, was for people who don't know, is that my sophomore year spring ball, I had hurt my ankle, so I had to end up missing a year, and I, we couldn't figure that out. And I was fucking sad, like I was depressed. When I broke my leg this game, I was on the cover of the program, all that. I remember telling myself, you got 24 hours to complain, and then after that, you know what happened last time, you got fucked up. You're Mm -hmm. not, you gotta give your, you gotta figure out how to heal. And -hmm. then what I did was, I hit my pops up, he gave me like a bone healing supplement regimen. I created a diet specifically to heal, and then I looked at the physical kind of things that I needed to do, which, shout out to, you know, Eric and Dan and them at the time, really helped me with that. But the other thing that I did was twice a day for 20 minutes. I would sit down or at least once a day for 20 minutes, sometimes twice. I would sit down and I would literally, because I, I saw the bone, so I had a butterfly fracture. I would sit down and I would meditate on my bone healing. I would mm-hmm. say, look, you're going to have to deal with some pain, but we're going to sit here every day. Because I had done some research into basically like, how, to, how is there a way your brain can help your body heal? And every day I sat down and I meditated on my bone healing. And I meditated on the next step forward in my process, which, and this is just visualization. I was like, okay, all right, next thing's up. It's not just me getting able to play. It's me just being able to walk. And I remember the first time after I got the cast off and I, I walked out of the tunnel or whatever, and I just tried to jog on the leg. I could mm. barely jog. And I was like, you know what? We couldn't walk before. Now we're jogging. and started to build, started to build. And I remember the practice that week, because remember it was like kind of cold. But I mm. came back that week. And I'll never remember when everybody was so fucking surprised, bro. It's like I came <laughs> out. and But the thing was, was that the coaches were like, all right, if he's going to want to play, he's got to practice. And they put me into practice. And I remember on this one play, it was, I may have been on Twombly. I, yeah. I hit a I a, a, po- a corner route for a touchdown. I caught it, but the mm. ball was high. So I remember in my head, I had to jump. And in my head, I was like, well... We're either going to see if you can handle this or not. I jumped, I caught it, I came down and I was and I was fine. I remember after that practice, Coach Downs, he then gave a speech to the team. And I remember at the end of it, he was like, you got this motherfucker out here with a broken <laughs> leg practicing and nobody thought this motherfucker was going to be able to come back and now he's here. But all this to say, was so funny because along the way, everybody, even like Cope is one of my best friends. I consider Cope a brother. He could call, I could be in the worst mood. He could call me at any time and I would pick up that phone. Yeah. Probably the only person who voice notes I listen to is the <laughs> fact that he will call. He, He, somebody who's one of my best friends, when I said I was going to come back, sat in that locker room and he said, yeah, sure. But he didn't believe. And then it was right. the, the training staff. They didn't believe the coaches. They didn't believe, and then the final thing when they didn't believe was was when I remember Bagnoli at the pregame dinner came up to me. You know who didn't believe? Coach Rick. That motherfucker would going to war. For
0: but <laughs> That's the wide receiver coach for y'all that don't know Coach Rick. That's Bagnoli coach. came
2: up to me at the dinner, puts his arm around me. He's like, Joe, you know, we're going to see if you could give it a go tomorrow. Uh, you know, you'll have to come out before the game. I want to see you run routes, but you know don't, I, you know, your your leg will let you play because it's your senior year, but don't think you're going to play more than 10 snaps. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. First off, we got here from them not even believing. Now they're like, oh, you're not going to play more than 10 snaps. I played 35 snaps. that <laughs> game. <laughs> <laughs> look, 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 hey. Hey, you really, got to God
1: did. I was just about to say, I Kelly <laughs> God did. What,
0: listen, I mean, but that's, that's, I mean, again, one, he literally, like, I mean, when i tell you like being able to witness it was something truly special because it changed my perspective and it changed our entire team's perspective coaches everybody who witnessed that it changes your life and i'm not bullshitting when i say that like it changes like like what can i not accomplish or what mental obstacle barrier hurdle can i not accomplish if i just watch my brother do it right And, and, and so you inspired not only our team, we won a championship that year, Ross, just so you know, you know what I'm saying? We got the rings, but, uh, we also got this, you know, one, one of the many things that we got that year, but, uh, but more importantly, like you literally changed lives there because again, like, like I said, I've seen some special comebacks in, in, in my career. I've never seen that. I can't, I've never seen that twice. So shout out to you, brother obviously you've inspired so many other people throughout the, you know, the, the entire career that you've had thus far. But, but again, man, like literally to be able to witness that, to go from a non-believer to a believer, God did. I appreciate you. And again, I also appreciate our friendship because again, you know, I think that, you know, highlighting that story is so important for, you to have for me to have accountability brothers but more importantly like you said like that story highlights the fact that like you don't need nobody else to fucking believe right like you got to believe in you and and if you can't accept that if you need affirmation from other people it's going to be a long slow journey right but it gets really scary when you stop waiting for other people to to co-sign you and you say fuck it i got it (laughs) fuck it i'm gonna show you and so, again, thank you for that life lesson in real life to me. And, uh, shit, Ross, I- I'm going to let you take us out, brother. I'm going to let you
1: take us out the way you typically do. Hey, man. Joe, I ain't going to lie, man. Uh, I'm inspired. I'm about to go ahead and get my health right. You know what I'm saying? Get this a little six-pack but also to the audience y'all already know man y'all know exactly what to do man we really hope y'all enjoyed the episode make sure you like subscribe and share it with your with your auntie your cousin your your sixth grade gym teacher anybody that you know that once called you a little chubby let them know that this episode for to make you turn out to be you know the uh the, the frog that turned into a prince you already know To next week let's get it